Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm... A woman. <laughs> I'm Nolly Waterman. I'm Laura Jane Jones. And this, my friends, is the Try Hard Podcast. Hello, Try Hards. We are back. We are. Oh, I wondered if you were there. I wondered if you were <laughs> back then. Well, this time I'm actually halfway around the world from you instead of just being in a different country in Wales. I'm in sunny Cape Town. Isn't it weird? What a place South Africa is. How um, How is your view from your hotel room? Average? Um, uh, yeah, average to poor. If anyone's seen my uh, Instagram, they'll see. Um, Brian Habana helped me out with booking this place and because um, I literally no idea of where to go, any area. Um, and he was like, uh, how about this, Danielle? And sent me some photos I thought I think I can manage that I think I can and I'm just getting myself through it so yeah I think it's really um strong and impressive that Habs has decided he's going to be a travel agent post rugby like you know he's really got the world at his feet but he's decided that he's going to be a bespoke travel agent for Danielle honestly any uh anything Anything you want doing, Brian Nabana is literally your man. He is the most connected person, but also the most helpful. Like, he's brilliant. He's like um, the so yeah. eternal concierge, isn't he? He is tall <laughs> concierge at all times. So you are in Cape Town, and just so that everyone is clear why, you are a, as of this season, global ambassador for HSBC. You were in Dubai, now you're in Cape Town. You're the only female. How's it been? Um... Well, I'm not going to lie, and I don't want to rub it into you because you're not here, but it has been pretty cool. (laughs) Hey, I went to to Belfast last weekend. I'm living the dream here. Nah. (laughs) Um, uh, To be fair, I arrived in uh, Dubai, like, basically straight into the tournament um and was with Brian, like, I've known Brian for ages, so that was cool, but got to meet George Gregan, um, who actually I'd, I'd worked out... On my first cap, so back in 1953, yes. we played Ireland and I played for seven minutes and I set up a try with a Gregan move. No and I was way. telling him, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was telling him anyway. But anyway, uh, Have he you is never met George before? No, no, we've never met. And That's... he is an awesome bloke. Do you know what's really weird is that in both 
Japan and Hong Kong, I partied with George, and it was the only two times that you and I weren't together on both of those trips. So after the final, when I went out and you were sick, <laughs> and in Hong Kong when you and Suba went to a Laureus event and I stayed at the Hex. Ah. How weird is that? Well, there you go. It's obviously but I, um... you've been kept apart. He's, he's yeah. good fun, eh? Oh, it was absolutely brilliant. And without sounding too cheesy, the stuff that HSBC do, obviously they sponsor the the World Series, um, but it goes so much deeper than that um, with regards to all of the bits and pieces they do on a local level. Um, honestly, one of the coolest things I've ever done um, went into HSBC Tower, which is their um, main um, building where people work. And um, so... Once a week for six months, people from uh, young children from a local area that are of relative kind of refugee refugee status that most of them are illiterate um, because of just don't have the papers to be able to go to school and get an education or even have a passport to be able to leave the country. Um, And they sit with a mentor one to one um, and learn to read and they learn to read English. And it was and it was just brilliant to one hear about the program and meet the young people and the mentors involved because they're just as inspired by it as the young children um but then brian and i read this book um about princesses uh and it's a little bit of a twist so it's cinderella rapunzel and um sleeping beauty but none of but none of them get rescued by the prince they all deal with their problems themselves um which literally made me think of you as the most feminist person yeah. i know that's why frozen's um, so popular yeah. <laughs> is it yeah because it, uh-huh. they don't get saved by a man they're sisters and they do it for themselves you know i've never seen it oh mate please watch it <laughs> i love it so i watched much. aladdin i watched aladdin on the way over the that live action good. I could show you the world. What, the cartoon version or the live action <laughs> No, the Will, the Will Smith one. But anyway, um, did that and it was just brilliant. And I think, as I say, what it puts into perspective is not just the elite side of the game because Dubai isn't about that. Dubai is about every single level of the game playing yeah. at the same um, venue. You've got everyone intermingling. Um, although walking around with Brian and George was literally like walking around with... Um, Beyonce because they just (laughs) but to be fair they're wicked they stop for photos and stuff like Um, that we Um, haven't talked about the special guests at Dubai how was Kylie? oh yeah Um, you know what like we were really lucky so um, HSBC have got um, a premier suite so they've got the Hex suite which is kind of the VIP corporate lots of guests of VIP uh, of HSBC then they have the premier suite which is people that have got a certain HSBC card Oh, that's they can go in, they get a couple of drinks. Obviously, a little bit more lively um, than most of the other areas. Um, and there was a second, there was a like a first floor, and it overlooked where Kylie was performing. So, because she was on we like, got to watch what's it normally from there. pitch too, isn't she? Yeah, um, which so is like, really strange. Normally, that's where the girls would play on day two of the tournament for those who haven't been to Dubai. So, I was really confused as to how they managed to run a three day tournament with two elites competitions and everything else that goes on and then have Kylie on that pitch well she's on the side so the stage was on the side so the pitch was playable but what was awesome was the fact that 
I don't know whether that played into the hands of getting the girls onto the main pitch for the whole tournament, but they were. So every single game was on the main pitch, which, if you think about it, actually should be the way. Um, And it was epic. And so many people commented on the fact that they wouldn't have normally seen the women's game um, because they wouldn't have left the main pitch. But yet, because it was being played there, they watched it and then they were like super into it. And to be fair, the some of the tackles, some of the play, you know, Dubai is, I think, my favourite stadium in the whole world. Um, oh, Principality's up there, um, but I've never played there. So to play under lights uh, in front of 55,000 people, which quite a lot of them are expats, so actually support England, which yeah. is relatively rare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a special, special place. And a um, little shout out actually to Millie Whitehouse, who is one of the girls I coach at the Wasp Centre of Excellence. Um, for her birthday, her parents flew her over um, to see the Sevens. And oh, I sat with her and Brian came over. I was like, oh, can Brian come over? And she was like, um, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, How old is anyway, Millie? Millie's 16. And... So you asked her permission if Brian Abada could come and join you guys? Yeah, well, I didn't That means wanna, that like... you and Brian have crossed over to being old people, that you're asking <laughs> the youths if it's okay. Asking the youths. You know what, though? It completely, completely epitomised where the girl, girls' game is going. And, you know, she said, I said, oh, how's it been? And she was like, oh, my God, I, I just stood behind the um, the Black Ferns bench and Ruby Tui, like, smiled at me and I was so nervous. I couldn't even... like and. And was a complete fan. And I said, right, well, we were watching the England game and they didn't play that well against France, but she was like cheering them on and she knew their names. And I just thought, you know what? This is how the future of the game needs to go. Like young people, because as much as people might know my name, you know, they don't know who who I am in terms of what I look like and that type of thing until I get introduced and say, okay, cool. Which is very different, obviously. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But... But it shows that the, the the women's game with more exposure and more opportunity are now being like recognised for who they are, their names on the backs yeah. of the shirts, and how like awesome they are at rugby. Um, so yeah, it was real cool to see her, um, and also just yeah, just to be at Dubai. Five years since I've been there as a player, so it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a different experience, but something that I feel really. Um, I, it sounds really cheesy, but privileged to have been. No, it's very cool. Tell me about the rugby, though. Who impressed this weekend? Um, who were you surprised by? Um, so USA kind of steamrolled people in the first couple of days yeah. um, and then slipped up in their um, semi against uh, New Zealand. Um, Giselle Landry was on a different level um, and actually got got her team through to the final. They were so unlucky to not win um it's probably one of the closest games i've seen new zealand being pushed yeah um and uh yeah new zealand scored last play of the game but um yeah I, you know it was a, the only thing is when you're there doing um hospitality and working with coaches oh i forgot what i, I coached the uae girls oh no way so it's the first ever emirat full emirati team um to play and I got to meet them before, got to do their warm up, and then got to like they invited me on in half time, and it honestly was so inspiring. Like these girls are brilliant. You think the social challenges, yeah. the cultural difficulties that they overcome to be able to play, um, even there, to wear shorts. What were their math skills um, like? 
Because I know that that's something when you're coaching, you like to (laughs) not just challenge people physically in in a sporting sense, but you just shout out math problems for them as well. Um, You know what? I didn't actually do that because most of them didn't speak English and they thought I was mad They've got enough challenges as um, it is. Yeah. (laughs) With just trying to understand who this blonde whirlwind was. um, What was their kit like then? What do they... What are, what are they wearing to play? Um, so some of them wore in wore leggings, some wore their hijabs, um, some of them didn't. And they just did, you know, they said that they weren't supposed to do it. And if their parents saw, then they'd probably get in a bit of trouble, but um, oh, wow. they didn't want to. So, yeah, and actually, before they went over to play, I was chatting to them and, and one of the girls said that... Um, because of the challenges that she'd overcome, so basically a teacher had come in and said, do you want to try rugby? And the girls were like, oh, what's rugby? And then they picked up the rugby ball and were like, what is this shape? Like, they've only ever seen circles. That's yeah. what she said. I've only ever seen circles. And I was like, well, and she said that that she tried it and then they learned contact and that type of thing. And she said to overcome the barriers of what we had to do to introduce it to our families. When it came to choosing university courses, I went over and above that, what I ever thought I would be able to achieve because I kind of just believed that if I can it gave me the spirit that I could achieve anything. And I, and it's just, it was so inspiring. And then I asked them, like, you know, what's your aspirations? I was thinking they would say, oh, I want to play on the main pitch in Dubai and, yeah. you know, those types of things. And actually, one of them said, I just want, I want to be a coach in five years oh. because I want to be able to have young girls experience what I've had. Pay it forward. And I, yeah, and, you know, you would have been sobbing. Your eyeballs would have been popping out in the floor um, that flooded Dubai, um, which is quite something because the pitch is in the I, desert. Anyway. I um, I find that quite a relatable topic because I know that from my perspective in terms of, like, my wheelhouse and my expertise, I've certainly in the past 11 months been able to pass on uh, my knowledge of recording podcasts, and I am blown away here as I lay in bed at... <laughs> 7am on a Wednesday morning to say that next up on this podcast, Danielle Waterman, Danielle Sean Waterman has gone out with the microphones and (laughs) self-recorded an interview, which is coming up for you all now. Please welcome to the podcast for the first time ever, Black Ferns captain for this tour, Tyler Nathan Wong. LJ has finally allowed me a little bit of equipment of my own um, because I am in sunny Cape Town and for my first ever one-to-one podcast, um, I thought who better to ask than absolute legend and Black Ferns captain for this tour, Tyler Nathan Wong. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I'm like the first one on your <laughs> solo podcast here. I know. We've, we've ditched LJ. She is done. Sorry, LJ. Yeah, soz babes. Um, we're enjoying the sunshine. Um, but not only are you captain, you've also brought over some silverware. Yes, yeah. We had an incredible, incredible time in Dubai, obviously, coming away with that win. Just super proud of the girls and how we performed. Had a bit of a hiccup, you know, in pool play, um, going down to France. But we bounced back on day three when it counted, finals day, and came through. And, I mean, you, you mentioned about France. Obviously, everyone always makes a massive deal of you guys losing, because you rarely do. Um, but how important is it for you to lose in a year that is an Olympic Games? And I know that's a really silly question, but is it important for you to do that every now and again? I think it is. I think for us, that's where we've had our biggest gains is from those losses, especially um, 
leading when we were leading into com games and all that kind of stuff when we went down to Aussie a couple of times before going into there we actually learned so much about what we needed to do more as a team how to deal with the losses in general and how to come together and I guess united back as a strong unit really and I think that loss really taught us to you know stay together stick together as a team no, no blame game on anyone at the end of the day it's a team sport we all um, lost that game together and yeah it showed even with our young ones in the team they were all you know really good about it and we looked at um, how we played and what we wanted to do better and we took that into the day three. So on that like how do you how do you bounce back so you say you, you come together as a team like as a squad do you focus much on um, the opposition or do you focus mainly on yourselves? I think it's a bit a bit of both really you got to like obviously credit France where they did well and um, but then also look I guess the big thing that we can change we can't change their performance but we can change ours and so just looking at the little things where at the end of the day position you know we got the ball and we only had it for a couple of phases and then gave it straight back to them and that's one thing that we wanted to t- tidy up on day three and it was a three-day tournament um, on the main pitch. Now, whenever I played three days, I literally hated two get-ups. <laughs> um, I could drag myself out of bed once, but to do it twice was tough. Um, how did you find it? I mean, you're one of the fittest, so I'm <laughs> sure you're fine. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit different. Um, still, still used to it, I guess, from the Olympics, having that, that three-day format over two games. But, yeah, the one, two, three is a bit strange, only getting up for, for one game on the first day and then you know, the two games and then having to really put in 100% effort for those three games. But I think I'd have, rather have it that way, the one, two, three, than a, a three, two, one. I think a three, two, one would be pretty hard to get up, especially if you made that final, you know. I was actually talking to Shani Williams, who's captain of Australia, and Josine Landry, who's captain of Canada. And um, they were both saying that, thank God, it isn't 10-minute finals anymore. Oh, I agree <laughs> with that. I'm like, I don't know how we used to Savage. do that, honestly. Going from like, yeah playing just seven minutes each way you know during normal play and then all of a sudden boom final here you go 20 minutes and if it's a draw at the end extra time (laughs) so in terms of you um being captain here obviously um LJ is going to be a little bit gutted because her uh, I'm, not chatting to, I'm not chatting <laughs> to her bestie. Oh, my God, did you see um, LJ's Instagram? I did, I oh. did. <laughs> so for anyone that hasn't seen it, um, it was Sarah's um, birthday the other day and LJ put on her story, happy birthday to my bestie. Everyone knows that I'm your BFF. <laughs> anyway, um, but how do you find it stepping into her shoes as the captain? Um, obviously, you're a massive part of the team as a playmaker. So are you naturally talking on the field to the girls anyway and then just kind of extend it a little bit? Yeah, pretty much. So that's my job on the field, being the playmaker and I guess the sweeper too at the back, especially on defence. I'm just giving orders left, right and centre and the girls, you know, that's what they appreciate from me because that's my role at the end of the day. And we've got actually a pretty incredible uh, leadership group. Um, There's about six of us and obviously Goss um, being captain, but um, Portia's also part of that, but she's not also with us. So over here with us at the moment, we've got myself, um, Kelly, Niall, and Ruby uh, so yeah it's a pretty <laughs> solid a bad group yeah not a bad group to be with and we work constantly with each other you know on and off the field um, we have our little areas that we look after whether it be attack you know defense or set piece and we all contribute to the team um, pretty well yeah it's a pretty um, cool pa- uh, team to be a part of and for me you know Gossie, she's an incredible leader, um, amazing um, worker on and off the field too. So for me, yeah, it was a, you know, a little bit daunting here, um, to be able to step up and, and captain uh, you know, your national team. But at the end of the day, it's a huge honour. And I was thankful to 
be able to do it a couple of years ago too so it wasn't like it was my first rodeo or anything yeah. like that and who is your roomie whilst you're touring do you have the same roomie over the full two weeks no we don't so we've Ooh. been in three different places we've been in Abu Dhabi first then we came across to Dubai and now Cape Town and we have three different roomies really? so yeah we, we change it up just to I guess keep it fresh um, yeah. so you don't get you know sick and tired of the same <laughs> roomie for three weeks because you can get on each other's nerves when you're on tour but yeah, no, for the first one, I was with um, Sheree Kaka. Second one, I was with Gail Broaden. And here now, I'm with Teresa Fitzpatrick. And who's your favourite? Oh, who's my favourite? Oh, Is that brutal? <laughs> <laughs> they're all very different. You know, Sheree loves to talk. Um, Gail just, you know, chills. She's got good tunes. So I love being okay. her. And Fitzy's just relaxed as, you know. Okay. She's a pretty good person to be um, with as well. And what type of roomie are you? So I, if I ask them, <laughs> are you... Yeah, are you a are you a tidy roomie? Are you a quiet roomie? Are you a scruffy roomie? <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm tidy when I want to be, you know. <laughs> like when the washing gets back and like I'm like sometimes I'm just like oh, I just chuck it on my bag, but it stays contained within my area, you know. It doesn't okay. spread across, doesn't spread across to the roomie side at all. So yeah. Is there any, right? This is a bit of a random question. Who do you reckon of all of the other teams? Do you reckon would be a good roomie out of all the other teams? Other teams, yeah. Oh. So I, if I let you know, into I room with Heather Fisher quite a bit. Yes. Um, she doesn't wear many clothes whilst we're <laughs> in the room. Uh, she's nuts. Um, who else have I room with? Yeah, she was she was my main roomie actually. Vicky Fleetwood, oh, um, yes. Pineapple. So it's not playing sevens now. She's playing back in fifteens code. But um, yeah, she was a great roomie because um, she just just let me sleep for as long as possible. Oh, I love those rooms. Like, I'm, I love a sleeping and yeah. One of the rumours that I do like being rumoured was either Michaela Blyde or Ruby Tui because okay. they both sleep in as well. And so we wake up until the, like, the very last minute and, you know, go have breakfast and then come to training prep with each other. So it's always good rooming with those two. So who would be – so I've kind of skipped – I answered the, for okay. England. But who, is there anyone in the – in all the other teams all the other that you teams. get on well um, with or you think you're intrigued by, you think actually that, um, thing, that person could be quite fun? I always have good yarns with um, Sarah Caljuvi from the Canadian team. Okay. So, yeah, I think she might be a, a, a decent ruby, yeah. <laughs> I do think it's one of the, the funniest things that people, when you're not on the series or you don't play in something, because you're away so much from your family yeah, and we friends. we definitely are. Um, and actually how important a good roomie is. Is there anything that you add as a roomie? I mean, do you bring games? Do you just bring <laughs> chat? Like, what do you add as a roomie? <laughs> as a roommate, or well, every now and again, depending on where we are in the world, I do you know, have a little bit of a lolly stash that ah. I, I do, especially in Canada. I've got family there, so we go go away. So yeah, some of the girls come in for that. Um, but then also, you know, I've got the been taking the GoPro and stuff lately on, on tour, so I've been, you know, doing a few of those behind the scenes um, with some of the girls as well. So just a little bit of insight cool. into that. So yeah, they'll be coming out uh, probably when I get back home and put that all together with my sister and then, yeah, chuck it out a little inside into our lives on tour, I guess. That's cool. That's cool. And I got... I did steal the GoPro off you to <laughs> film you have a photo with um, a leopard. How awesome was that? Like, oh. honestly... That's Bonkers. like tour made, I think. Yeah, yeah <laughs> unbelievable. But uh, anyway, we kind of skipped over the fact that you guys uh, won in Dubai and you didn't actually win comfortably. Like, I, I really see you put under that much pressure. And I think it was the last play of the game. Yeah, it um, was. And, and I'm going to give you credit. I did give you credit pitch side, but what a tackle. The comms that you made to stop one of the tra tackles and then uh, to stop one of the line breaks. Um, so well done to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, power to the little people. Yes, um, yeah, 100%. Um, but actually, 
when teams look at you, and I know I've done this, there's something that New Zealand have got about playing to the end. Do you do, is there is it a belief thing? Like, do you train that? Is it culture? Like, how is it that you can pull it out the bag, <laughs> last play of the game in front of fifty five thousand people <laughs> under lights? I think it's literally all those things put together. For us, we always play to the very last minute, the very last whistle. You know, the game is not over. Even if the siren's gone and the ball's still in play and we've got the ball, we know that it's still not over. We can continue to work and at the end of the day, you know, we've done that all back home in training. We don't just train 14 minutes, you know, we train longer than that. So trainings are usually harder than the games. So when you get out into the game, you know exactly what you need to do. And for us, I don't know, in that final, even though we were losing and, you know, at times we were our own worst enemy, like giving the ball back in regards to possession and stuff like that, I, I didn't really feel like at a, any point we were going to lose that game. I don't know. It was just this, this incredible feeling I had in myself and my teammates around me that we could pull through. And I, that's obviously, you know, what we did. Gail got the ball. Oh, Teresa turned it over, first of all. Gail got the ball and then ran over that try lane. I was like, she better score. <laughs> when she took off, I was like, please score, please score. <laughs> oh, my God, I've been in those moments where you're watching someone else run and it's like, please get there. I cannot get there to support you. Um, so you mentioned about training. Is there anyone, like, who are the people in training? And I'll, from the outside, I'm thinking... Ruby's probably quite entertaining when she's quite <laughs> tired, but sevens training is a different level and you can't explain it until you've done it. Yeah. But who are the people that drag you through training? Are you, or are you one of the ones that's at the front, you know, as a sweeper? Yeah. In fact, it, when we were England training, I'm going to ask you that question again, but <laughs> LJ is going to go on and on and on and say, I've asked you a question <laughs> and then answered it myself. But anyway, I'm going to answer. So basically, go for it, go for it. When we were playing, we first started out, there's a few girls came in and they basically said that they wanted to be part of, uh, like they were, we were moving around positions and they just said, oh, I want to be sweeper because it's rest position. Oh, no, and my it jaw is hit the floor not. And I was like, you go back there, my friend. You go back oh, there. Yep. Um, but anyway, I go back to my question. Is there anyone that pulls you through training? Like who's got the banter? Who's got the like determination? Who do you look to? In those hard, you know, horrible um, moments. Yeah, it's um, when you really look at those trains, it's the um, the old girls pulling through, you know. Like you got like. <laughs> Are you class as an old girl? Oh, I don't think so. I'm, I was I'm like, in please. That, no, no, I'm in that mid. I'm in that middle, you know. We've got some young ones, you know. <laughs> There's some 18 year olds, and I'm 25 now, so I'm getting up there, but <laughs> I'm still young okay. compared to some of our girls. But you got the likes of like Kelly Brazier, Niall Williams, obviously Ruby Tui, and then yeah, myself too. We're uh, thinking about back to when we were training Abu Dhabi. We had one of the hardest sessions there. And at the end of the day, you just got to keep working, and you just got to keep showing these girls that are coming through that you know, your body, may, you may, your mind actually may be saying you know you're tired, you can quit, but your body's got so much more to give, and it's in those moments that you got to push through those those dark times, those dark places, and keep moving and keep giving everything you got until you can't. And at the end of that training, everyone just dropped to the floor. That's how you know that's how hard what? it was. What do you call them? I've seen it on... There's something you call your Friday sessions. Oh, fr Friday, Friday. Friday, Friday. <laughs> Honestly, they're terrible. <laughs> but we had, a, uh, we had a triathlon that we called a cryathlon too. And yeah, it's just... yeah. You'll have those to pop sessions, up, man. You'll have to pop up some of the actual sessions on social media so we can put it out there for all those people listening. But actually, what is a Friday? Um, I think it's amazing. It makes me laugh every week when you put it out there. Yeah, you are um, literally almost in tears. That's how, that's how hard some of them are. I think Niall actually put a picture of her in her car 
cr- nearly crying. Yeah, she was like, that bad. You have to actually stop and just sit down and compose yourself before you leave training that day. Most of us stay behind for a good hour or two just to <laughs> just to, just get out. Where are we? Like, we, yeah, sweet, we're home. Okay, let's go. <laughs> or to chuck a football, or a rugby ball around for uh, fourteen minutes. For fourteen minutes, yeah. <laughs> but actually, you know, it's the first time I've been away on tour as a non-player, and I arrive in Cape Town. You guys have arrived, like. Is all of those cry days worth it when you arrive somewhere like this? 100%. I would go through all of those <laughs> in an instant just to be able to say that I've, you know, be able to come back to or to come to the first time to this tournament in Cape Town or to any tournament on the World Series, really. And to, you know, pull, as you know, to pull on the, your country's jersey and to play for your country, just everything that you do is worth it at the end of the day, especially with the incredible culture and, and team environment that we have. And HSBC have put the women alongside the men for the first time ever in six tournaments. You're doing the first ever back-to-back. Um, how is it being around the hotels? I mean, you're in a pretty, we're in a pretty swanky place right now, but how is it being around the men's teams and the women's teams all together? Like, is that good vibes? Yeah, I think it's really cool. Like, everyone's so friendly. It's actually pretty awesome. Like, Cape Town's the first time other than, a, I think, a kind of like a, a World Cup where the men and women are actually within the same hotel, whereas usually we're kind of in separate hotels. Like, in Dubai, we're kept in two. Kept apart. Yeah, kept, <laughs> kept apart there in separate hotels. But, yeah, here we have our um, our New Zealand boys in the same hotel as us, and it's really cool. When we go to breakfast, um, our team, we like to, you know, either high-five, knuckles or whatever, and we do the exact same with our boys' team. It's just how cool, I guess, the two environments are that we're able to just you know relax and have breakfast with one another and even the all the other teams you know you're able to walk past and say hi there's no awkwardness or anything that's cool that's cool and actually in terms of having all of the teams around it from someone that's been around the sport for a long time the women's game the promotion the social media the coverage how important is that as well because you're going to be running out in front of a full stadium this weekend, which is magical for the women's game and so important for the exposure. But do you see the effect? I mean, obviously, as a player, you feel it, but do you see the effect of that back at home? Oh, 100%. Like even back home now, for the first time ever in eight, nine years since we've been playing, all our games are finally on our you know, our main broadcaster. And that's huge for women's rugby and women's and who, sport who in general. And who is that? Who's that's Sky Sport. Yeah, Sky Sport NZ. And that's massive. And little shout out. Yeah, little Cheers shout guys. out. Shot Sky Sport. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's massive. Like obviously, before that, I guess like many other countries, you're trying to find a live stream and it's either geo blocked or something like that. So even back home, it's you know growing. Not just the women's rugby, but women's sport in general. There's so much more support behind it, and I think the more media attention, the more you know it gets out there, the bigger the game is because we play some incredible football. You know, and there's some amazing talent and youth coming through this game as well. And I'm just excited to see where this can continue to go. You know, I've been a part of it for eight years now and it's um, pretty... Sp- that's yeah. made me feel old because yeah. I remember you coming in. <laughs> yeah, I was only like 17 when I started, far out. It's like, it feels a while ago now. And talking about some of the younger girls, you mentioned that back home they've got nationals this weekend. But there is somebody that isn't as young. Yes. Oh my God, Kayla 
McAllister. Yes. Or Kayla Aki, uh, I Kayla should Aki. say. Kayla yeah, Aki, yeah. She's coming back. Oh, my God. Massive nationals. shout out. Oh, I can't wait. I am so excited for her. Like, obviously, it was a really, really tough decision for her um, with her husband, Peter Aki, still being over in France and playing there. And with her two daughters now, you know, the last time she um, pulled They're on the... epic. Yeah, pulled on the black jersey. She only had Stella. And now she's got, obviously, little Camille as well. And oh, they're just two little cute little things that go around everywhere with her and I can't wait to see what she can do and so I'm really excited I'm gutted we, we miss nationals because it's obviously the same time as Cape Town um, but yeah super stoked to obviously still be here but I can't wait to just hear how she goes and just hear all the feedback from the nationals with the rest of our girls too that who weren't able to make this tour and just them being able to go back to their provinces and do their provinces proud and and actually I, I mean so for all those who have listened to the pod, Kayla was part of the Barbarian side with the 15s. I think it was her second ever game when she's running out at Twickenham. Yeah, of the <laughs> for, for me to be able to play alongside someone that I've had amazing battles with on a sevens field, like centre v centre, it, it was something that is beyond special. Do you think that there is space in the game to have a Barbarian sevens team or... Like, would you ever want to do something like that? Oh, 100%. How amazing would that be to, like, you know, pull on a shirt and then play alongside someone that's been your rival your entire playing career? Like, I think, like, that would just be amazing. And there's some incredible, like, even, like, Heather Fisher, you know? Like, when we played <laughs> England last week at Dubai Sevens, she was just nonstop chasing. I was like, man, imagine if she was on my <laughs> team. That would just be incredible. Yeah, no, I think it is honestly one of the most special things. So if you get the shout out to, or they get the call up to go over to the bar bars, Tyler, you need to do it. But I need to let you go because you're off to dinner. Yes, um, we thank are. you so much for becoming one of the first ever alone tryhards. <laughs> <laughs> um, and best of luck for this weekend. Thank you so much. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Too much. See? I told you I could do it. I am After so all your lessons. I even said even 
saved the interview under her name and sent it on WeTransfer. You are welcome. I honestly, <laughs> I, I cannot tell you how shocked, surprised, impressed, proud I am when I got that WeTransfer and I thought, right, because I was really worried about you finding the files as well. And when I opened it and you'd named them, I just thought, oh, she's really, she's really learned. She's really just adapted to... Hang on. I think it's... You make out that it's really, really difficult to put me off doing it because you never know what's going to happen. Because if I can do technology, I want to take over the world. So... (laughs) Right, 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 right. Hang on a minute. When was the last time you updated the software on that laptop? My biggest concern, you, you haven't edited anything, mate. You've just, you've pressed the button twice on the recorder, which is more than you've ever managed to do with this podcast. So don't get cocky. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw you under a bus here. You forgot to take the microphones and the recorder out in Dubai. So we've made progress. Don't get cocky. There's a lot to learn still. All right? Hang on. I didn't forget them. I didn't have time to do interview and I was working so hard to make sure that I impressed in my new role as an ambassador <laughs> all right okay that's fine I mean that there, there is definitely a whatsapp where you say don't get angry I forgot the microphones <laughs> so but uh, let's go yeah. over that let's let's get back to the black ferns uh, you mentioned that um only one of my best mates is on tour you gossy unfortunately back home uh, making a stand because i wasn't in dubai so she refused to go what is she like <laughs> um but yeah tyler took on the captaincy and you know they, they've come away with the win which after glendale the usa looks so strong this year as they build the olympics and i have to say i was quite surprised especially after that blip in pool stages that the Blackfins came back to win it you touched on obviously in that interview playing to the whistle is that the key with that team is that what sets them apart yeah and it's really annoying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you know what they, they just have this crazy belief system that they do just keep playing and yeah and that's why I like genuinely interested in in what she said and what they do and it's it's something that I think sets any team apart no matter what sport you do um in terms of maximizing the time that you've got believing that you're not beat until it's literally over 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 yeah. um so that could be a song please don't sing. <laughs> leave the singing to me i've already sung once on this and i've never i hate singing you know that from the karaoke yeah. photos in japan um Lol. yeah you know it's impressive and I think it's really impressive considering they've got some pretty senior players back at home um, with Sarah Goss, Portia Woodman, Michaela Blyde yeah. um, and probably some... Oh, oh! Oh, oh! And uh, Kayla McAllister Mal- slash Aki is coming back as I we know. talked about. How good. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That woman is amazing. For anyone that doesn't know, she's got two children and... Um, two of the cutest yeah. little girls you've ever seen. Yeah, they're wicked. But anyway, um, it's impressive. They're impressive as a team. They're impressive as um, as a group of women. And uh, what was really nice was after chatting with Tyler, um, they were meeting to go for dinner and Kelly Brazier and Niall Williams um, came over and said hello. And um, we we're just chatting. And yeah, Kelly is um, becoming a mum uh, in, I think, January, February time, she said. And we, I was talking to Niall about the fact 
notes that you know she's a mum on tour and it's 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 really challenging being away from her girls but then she was talking about the fact that they've now started playing ripper rugby oh my God. and that she's like desperately trying not to be this like competitive parent that's like you know screaming and shouting and she she said that the first time they played they just weren't interested in playing so at half time she went on and was like I'm going to give you $10 and if you catch the ball and run so they were like screaming for the ball but did she that. tell you what like what has happened in the backyard so the two girls have been playing against each other now the little one out of Niall's two girls is like a fiery redhead a bit like Niall and she broke her arm playing ripper rugby in the garden with her sister <laughs> she and I haven't said this to Niall but she's got a touch of the Nolly Watermans about her like you see this kid on social media she loves flipping the bird she's like six years old she's mega cute but she's got a touch of the Nollies about her it's concerning hey that's not a bad thing that's not a bad thing um but anyway it was it was really nice to to chat with those girls and um yeah I think what they've got in their squad I think you know the moments that they do lose it this this season one is good for the game because it 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 inspires the other teams I remember I think they've gone on like a 46 game running uh winning streak yeah uh which is crazy going back to 2015 2016 and the one team that beat them was in London it was Spain yeah and on the back of Spain beating them then America beat them Aussies beat them we probably didn't beat them, but um, <laughs> um, but actually, I think it it shows that where the game is moving to, like the men's, in that there are so many different nations that yeah. could step up into that quarter semis final spot, and that's what you want. You want it to be exciting. But it's but also massively like if you look at this Blackfern side, there has been no drop in their levels in terms of. Um, how good they are everyone is coming up to meet them like Canada USA Australia look like they're coming back to the form that we saw in the last Olympic cycle Like everybody is really upping their game especially those two North American sides yeah and you know I think that um, in particular the coaching team with the Americans Chris Brown and now Warren Abraham's gone over um, as uh, assistant coach I think they're going to be they're going to be having a massive influence on those girls in terms of developing their athletic potential into like rugby as well but um hopefully going to catch up with them later on in the week which would be nice little insight too great Hmm. well you have surpassed yourself and all expectation by getting tyler nathan wong and knock me down with a feather we've got a second interview for you guys dan norton joins the tryhards Interview number two in Cape Town, I have managed to now find someone that has played for England for about 73 years. They've scored 343 tries for their country on the seven series and is one of my favourite people um, on the tour, but on the rugby field. And it's Dan Norton. Hello. Hello there. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Welcome to the Try Hards podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, The last time we caught up, was a bit of a giggle, wasn't it? Yeah. Can you remember? Well, I, I mean, I can remember most <laughs> this of it. G- this sounds a bit, a bit weird, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Last time yeah. we met up. We were at, so we were at Tamara Taylor's testimonial. Yeah. Um, and you were there because you're supporting her and yep. some amazing uh, charities that she's working with. But because it's your testimony, you are that player. You are that old. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely showing my age now. Yeah, I, I've again been lucky enough to... Um, be awarded testimonial 
Um, again, it's a massive long process, but to add to a very long 2020 anyway with the Olympics and everything else, it's also that added into the, the pot as well. So yeah, some exciting time moving forward. Um, and yeah, looking forward to, again, another reason to do what we do. And are you, is there any specific charities that you're working for or with? Yeah, so I'm supporting um, Sand, which is still stillborn, and Neonatal Deaths. Um, so yeah, very close to mine and my wife's heart and Restart Rugby as well. Okay, cool. And if anyone is listening and they're going, right, we want to support this absolute ledge, yeah. what do they need to do? Um, so yeah, the website will be going live very soon. Oh, um, yeah. So it's all kind of falling into place. It's uh, again, it's it's as uh, it's as if I'm herding or we're herding a thousand cats <laughs> into a very very small phone box. So yeah, it's been it's been an amazing challenge, and it's awesome that we're supporting some awesome charities. But um, we're getting to the finer details now. So hopefully by the time this comes out, we might actually have some details for you. But at the moment, we're still on the drawing board for that. And has there been many sevens players ever to have no. testimonials? Because I'm just racking my brain thinking who might have had them. But are you the first? Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to obviously keep right, track. Right, you are the first. We are going to yeah, say exactly. that you are the first. You say I'm the first. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, in, I'm, I'm understanding why I'm probably am the first. It's such a logistical nightmare at the same time. <laughs> but um, no, it, it is nice. And again, it, it does... It's nice to obviously reminisce, look back over my career and the guys I've played with and against. Um, but at the same time, again, like you said, I'm showing my age now <laughs> where I'm actually staring down the barrel of actually retirement. Oh, but, you know, what's an interesting one for those that haven't met Dan in person? You are, Annoying. I mean, you are a bit of a show off on the rugby field now. I mean, oh, you've, you've, you bring out the chip and chase and the sidestep and you toy with people because you're that fast that you just jog and then go into like, what I think looks about in 10th gear. Yeah. But you're actually quite quiet and quite, and I know you like it giggling with your It depends around name. the right crowd, <laughs> to be honest. I'm sure if you ask any of the boys, they will literally say the opposite and say, I'm not. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I enjoy the energy of being in a team sport and being around the boys. Again, I will happily abuse a lot of them 24 hours of the day. Um, but it's also at the same time, we're like a massive family, so we get on so well. So yeah, it's, it's awesome to be involved in such a, you know, rugby's a, a great team sport for that and the camaraderie and the social side of it all and just being able to enjoy that with the boys is good crack as well. And we've kind of skipped over some of the stuff that you've achieved in your career because we've been boggled by the amount of tries you've scored, but you are an Olympic silver medalist. Yeah. Um, I was alongside you in Rio um, cheering you boys on after we'd come the dreaded fourth. But yeah. how special was that Um more so for your dad in the crowd. Yeah. How special was yeah, that? Yeah, the, the Olympics as a whole journey for the sport was amazing. Um, to be able to be selected for Team GB was something special. Again, as as most Olympians say, they, you know, it's, it was awesome growing up watching the Olympics, especially being a rugby player. You never ever thought you'd get the chance. So actually getting that opportunity, getting selected was amazing for the family, for everybody involved in our team and stuff, and for the support we got from the nation. Um, it's quite cool saying that. Um, and yeah, to be able to get out there and come back with the medal is just something truly like, yeah, it's, it's mind-boggling when I'm, I'm there carrying it around to show kids and stuff um, and taking it to, you know, show my family and like people in my street I've never really spoke to, but they, but they watch the Olympics as you do at that time of the year. So yeah, it's amazing. Um, but definitely having my dad there was awesome, cool. Also as well, um, obviously seeing him, me now having a kid, having kids um, and seeing obviously the, the connection of a father and parents and then upbringing 
and when you're off, you kid yourself. You don't actually ever believe your parents are that amazing. What do they know? <laughs> They're parents. They know nothing. But obviously, seeing it now, first time I'm having my own child, um, and bringing them up and seeing them flourish and having him there in floods of tears was amazing as well. So yeah, the Olympics was, was so awesome as well. And is there anyone that you met in particular? I know that I was in physio with Andy Murray, which was the most surreal situation ever, but was there anyone that you met that you just were completely blown away by? Yeah, I, I think the whole experience was awesome. But then like, again, there was one time like, after the opening ceremony, we were walking past like Justin Gatlin, like Sierra, um, Serena Williams and Venus and stuff and like seeing Usain Bolt at dinner. Like it's just ridiculous. Like you're sharing that space with these guys you used to see on TV and stuff and you're like, rubbing shoulders. And again, that's why the Olympics are so special. And like you said, you know, I remember the day that it was announced into the Olympic Games. Can yeah. you remember? It was seven years. It was 2009. Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2000 So we were like around, we were playing at the London Sevens around that time when it got announced. So again, that was awesome for the sport. And then it's from, from that moment, it's just kind of just snowboard, hasn't it, into that, into 2016 and where it is now as well. And actually... I had the privilege of going over to Japan, being in Tokyo for 11 nights. I don't think I could have handled any longer. Nice. <laughs> um, but what do you think about our, after seeing 15s just go off the scale in Japan? Yeah. What do you think about the fact that that is where the Olympic Games is going to be? Yeah, Japan's an awesome country anyway. We, we, we played there a few times for um, in Turkey for the Sevens. Um, and yeah, it's a crazy place. Like just getting around and trying to decipher the hieroglyphics in, <laughs> in the underground is awesome. There is um, more English now. There is more Yeah, English. there is. But again, it's nice that it's, it's not, hasn't succumbed to the westernized world, which is awesome. It's so traditional and it's culture and stuff and it's all that going on. Um, and as you can see from the, the World Cup, you know, the fans the fans love it there. The whole of the Japan was behind the World Cup, which is amazing. The similar kind of vibe to London 2012 Olympics. The whole of the country back then was going behind it and loved it. Everybody was buzzing off it. And it's the same for the Rugby World Cup. And hopefully it'll be again the same when they're, we're there or the, the team's there in a year's time. And, and actually, the challenge for team gb is real in terms of bringing the nations together and i know you guys were thrown together far later than we were what's the camaraderie like on the series with the scots and the welsh i mean because you know what happened previously yeah. is there a bit of banter flying around now uh, or are you still quite separate in your no, way i think it's a it's a mixed bag like again obviously that's a, that was four years ago so even it, even though it doesn't seem that long it's it's kind of a lot of players have come and gone since then. So you kind of got some of the new guys You're come really in old. and stuff. Yeah, I am showing my age. <laughs> again. Up. You're not clinging yeah, on again. by your fingernails. This whole thing is about how old your I am. Your studs are in the ground firmly, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> but yeah, it's nice. Obviously, you, we've met, like again, in the training squad, there was 28 guys, 30 guys training. So you got to meet these guys firsthand and spend 12 intimate weeks with them and, you know, smashing into each other and having a few beers together. So yeah, that, that was a nice part of it. And it was nice to be able to see those guys. But yeah, again, when you go back to your nation like england versus wales england versus scotland there's the same rivalry and there's not much love lost no between there us, isn't there? which is quite nice in a way because you know what you're getting but at the same time you know they're all they're all great lads and stuff and it was, it was an awesome time and um yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how the next kind of couple of months pan out you know going into that process again and you spoke about being a father now and um and a lot of the boys are on the series there's a couple of the women that are mums in terms of being a parent and being away, Sevens is magical, the places you get to go, but how hard is that? 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's made a little bit easier by um, FaceTime and stuff and those other kind of things where you can kind of speak to them. But at the same time, yeah, the burden on mums or fathers back home looking after the parents is after the, looking after the kids is is massive. And you know, when we sit here and we're having a we're sat by the pool just chilling, we all know like my wives at home or girlfriends or husbands or whatever are all literally having a tough time so yeah we are, we are grateful for the support we obviously get from that point of view but and we know it's hard um but at the same time it's uh it's an opportunity we can't always give up you know it's playing sevens and being able to do this for a short period is something you know you don't always get the opportunity to so we're lucky in that respect and we're lucky we're all supported by amazing partners as well and HSBC Sevens goes all around the world. Where is your favourite stadium? Because I went into the Cape Town Bowl today and it was magical. Um, but where for you, Dan Norton, is the biggest um, smile and are we going to see? I think, yeah, I think the whole the series is, is amazing. Like there's so many amazing stadiums. Cape Town's probably up there with one of my finest m memories and moments. And it's probably all around tournament is incredible. Just the opportunity to go and see Table Mountain every, every day. The food's amazing. The culture, the people's awesome. And the stadium's beautiful. Um, the fans here are so patriotic and <laughs> love the spring, the, uh, the Blitzbocker. So, yeah, it, they bring an amazing vibe and environment. And this probably, yeah, is up there. And as well as like Vancouver as well. The pitch okay. there is amazing. But yeah, it's probably here. Cape Town is probably the number one tournament, to be fair. It's, it's awesome, as well as London. And for the first time ever, it's women's back-to-back -back with the men's. Yeah. Um, Three-day tournaments, which is brutal. Um, but is there any players, any of the female players that you think, she's got better quads than me? Uh, <laughs> or are bigger shoulders? Few, yeah, there are a few, but... Um, yeah, I'm not going to name any names to be fair. They might come <laughs> and beat me up. But yeah, there's some there's some, some amazing athletes or um, you know in the men's and the female series, um, and it's awesome that we'd be able to collaborate and you know you know rub shoulders each other with each other over the weekends, and it's amazing for women's sport as well. And just having that ability and the professionalism of that as well to um, actually have both teams together, both teams together, and actually you know playing at the highest level of sevens. So. On that, I'm going to wish you a massive good luck for this weekend. Thank you very um, much. We will be giving you shout-outs throughout the year for your testimonial as well. I hope I've got an invite. I'll see. Um, it's in the post. <laughs> um, but thank you, um, you absolute ledge. Thank you ever so much. Right. Yes, I've just had a chat with Dan Norton, which was super interesting. But before you introduced his interview, you said, knock me down with a feather. Yeah, that's it. Again, common parlance, which obviously you've never I know, heard before. But I just can't imagine a feather knocking you over, to be honest. <laughs> Can you stop being so mean to me? <laughs> you massive udon noodle. Oh, so you would have literally loved it. We've skirted over this. Talking about um, being abusive to each other. So on the day one um, that I was with George up at the ground in Dubai I went and did a radio interview and I asked James who um, works for H&K to look and ask us he was wicked wicked guy um, he had a big spot on his head like I did that <laughs> anyway. um, they were George was going on off on off on the, my side of my face it wasn't funny anyway um, I was doing a radio interview and um, he took loads of photos but when I look back at them I basically just look like a horse like my, all of my teeth are out <laughs> so all weekend George and I were just galloping around with our teeth out like horses nice. um so yeah you'd have you would have really appreciated his banter towards me um 
but I got in there first because I put it on my Instagram story, um, which was to the highlight of a few people because the DMs that I got um, were, were good fun. Wow, I'm just glad that other people recognise that you've got far too many teeth for one human being. <laughs> massive tombstones in your mouth. I don't think I've got too many. I think I've just got a really big mouth that shows a lot of them. Yeah, like, I don't know many people who smile with their molars. So actually, maybe it's a talent. <laughs> oh, here she is, back in the game. <laughs> Sorry, I'm waking up now. I'm, uh, I'm going to have my eyebrows done shortly. I'm having... Um, getting them trimmed I'm, no I'm having, them, <laughs> I'm having them laminated you're getting your face laminated I'm my eyebrows is that laminated in, is it like the same machine as I used to love laminating at school oh, me too I was it was and very rare was for it? me to be able to get to do things like that I wasn't always the best behaved in school and that was often a treat for the swats like laminating <laughs> or you know who was it someone recently has bought a portable laminator and basically everything got laminated to the point where i think they even laminated their hand by mistake they just pushed that through the machine (laughs) i remember um not laminating but i was in school and do you remember the guillotine and i was like guillotining things and i guillotined the end of my school tie off by accident i was like why has this got really tough all of a sudden and just chopped the end of my tie off my mum was camping yeah, shirt, tie, jumper, blazer. Oh my god! I know, Any horrendous, horrendous. We wore thing. polo shirt. We would. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not. I'm not too partial about a polo. Um, I have. I have whinged a little bit about yeah. the red polo gang this uh, this week. If anyone else has got any ideas of what someone can wear in terms of smart clothing that's not a polo for a woman, please send me some messages to pass on. See, I'd like they're, to see you in, like, one. a tabard, like a rainbow's <laughs> leader. Pockets, handy. You'd never forget the oh, microphones. Talking about a tabard, I got that word in in one of our first ever podcasts as a challenge from my friends. And you never knew, did you? No, I didn't. Good Lol. games, good games. Good games. Um, right, okay, anyway, so what are you up to today? So I am going to do a little bit of tag rugby. Um, oh. Brian's little boy timmy is um, going to be playing so i literally can't wait to do secret cam of the most competitive dad possible um oh, i God, hope yeah. i catch him either celebrating hard or getting really frustrated but um <laughs> yeah so i'm going to be doing that i'm going to go and hang out with um ben oh, len bonnegan, uh, len bonnegan. <laughs> is he related yeah. to ben bonnegan um best mates oh, and nice. uh, yeah i think we're gonna cruise around camps bay have a bit of dinner, um, have have some lols. Uh, have uh, a nice steak for yeah. me, please. I, oh, I did actually have a steak last night. I did met you? up with lovely Liz from America. Oh. Um, top, top girl. Um, top I had girl. a steak. I had a fillet steak that was basically the size of my head. Um, and it Any cost sauces? about five pounds. So. What are we talking? Side sauces? Just... No, just, just dry. <laughs> just dry? <laughs> just just right anyway stop trying to live the dream for listen to my stories have a lovely week my friend and um, you catch up. should we catch up later on sometime yeah let's i mean I don't, gonna... I, I don't know if you're trying to like show off for the listeners and pretend that i'm not going to speak to you later on but i, I know i'm going to pull out some interviews i'm going to just keep doing it now, yeah. now i know how to now that you, you know how to there's no excuse you wait oh i will with bated breath bye bye even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.